Welcome to Sorry We're Booked, a podcast where two friends talk about books they love, books they hate, and everything in between. My name is Dylan. And I am Samantha. Today, we are going to, going to be kind of, I guess you could say, sort of throwing it back, since I know that we've talked about TBRs in one of our first episodes. But instead of just talking about TBRs in general, we're going to be in super specific today. We're going to be talking about books that have been on our TBR the longest. And I know I have quite an extensive TBR, but there's some shit on there that's been on there for a long time. What about you? Same. Uh, I've actually been very good about book collecting in the last couple of years. I don't keep as much as I used to, um, but there are a few books, including these five, that I've had for far too long, and there really is no excuse that I've not read them. But uh, if you guys would like to hear updates, it'll be on the next episode. If you missed on the last episode, we're just changing our, our schedule a little bit. So there will not be any updates this episode. Um, so we're just going to really get into it. We're going to talk about all five books that we should have read by now. Okay, there is no excuse. I would say we should do a, we should do a challenge, but I don't know if that don't would make do me that read to these me. still. Don't do that so to me. So we're not going to do a challenge. <laughs> uh, but Sam, we're just going to go one by one. We'll take turns. Uh, tell me about the first book. That's been on your TBR the longest. So in looking at, like, basically, here's how I did this. So basically what I ended up doing, because this was just what was easiest for me, is I went to Goodreads and I sorted by that. Um, And my TBR, uh, I have stuff on there. Apparently, I started using Goodreads in November of 2010. So the very first book on my list that I own that I have not read that has been on my TBR for the longest is Beloved by Toni Morrison. And this is one of those books that I have literally no excuse to not have read by now. Um, It is a, it's like historical fiction, um, but also it gets put under the horror genre a whole lot. And it's about an escaped slave and apparently it's really 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 hard to read um this is one of those books that's like on you know the all of the must read lists and you know you see it alongside of like the color purple by alice walker and their eyes were watching god by zora neale horse Zora Neale Hurston, both of which are amazing fucking books. But this one, I have been, I read my first Toni Morrison earlier this year. No, last year. And it was really, really tough. Like, really, really tough. And I know that this one is going to be. And so I've just been, like, waiting because I want to make sure that I'm in, like, the right frame of mind, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's definitely, like, something that's that, uh dense i guess you want to make sure you're in the right headspace for it because you're not going to appreciate it as much if you weren't you know in the right in the right Mm -hmm. headspace for it so i I completely understand that what's first on your list so for me i i I did a little bit of a different method i just kind of went on my shelf and just chose the ones that i think i you know have had the longest the first one for me i don't know if you've ever heard of this author or this book um, it's called Island. It's by Richard Lehman. Yes, I have absolutely heard of Richard Lehman. He, I've never read Richard Lehman, but yeah. 
I love a mass market horror. I don't know why. Just like a horror book in a mass market form. Just Do you know what those are called? Especially the ones from the 70s and 80s? Paperbacks mm. from hell. Oh, duh. Yeah. You're so right. I, yeah. I've, I've heard some books being described as that, but I didn't realize it was like the overarching genre. If you are ever interested, Grady Hendrix wrote a nonfiction actually called Paperbacks from Hell, where That's he where talks. I've heard it. Yeah. Yes. Where he talks about um, a lot of the books that kind of like really made that genre during the time. Um, mm-hmm. It's super, super interesting. And he narrates the audiobook um, and it's really well done. Um, but it, his writing, he like, I just fucking love his writing anyway. But when he published that book, um, it caused a couple of publishers because a lot of the books that he talks about, like, are not in print anymore. And literally the only way that you can find them is by, you know, buying them at thrift stores um, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But it actually caused some of those books to go back into print. Um, still in that mass market form and, like, the faux mm-hmm. distressed covers and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, anyways, continue. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I don't know what this one's about. It's uh, it's like a cruise gone wrong, which sounds great. I love a vacation horror. Um, I read Endless Night by Richard uh, back in 2017. And I, it looks like I gave it a three and a half. So I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But um, I just love a fun horror in a mass market form. But it's kind of thick. So it's the reason why I've not gotten to it yet. Because I'm scared of big books. And I run from them very quickly. I mean, I can understand that, especially because a lot of times with those mass markets like that, dude, like, the writing is tiny. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you can even tell. Oh, that's like a million of the mass market Stephen Kings I have. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't think it's the most user-friendly as much as I love a mass market. Mm-hmm. They do take a little bit of work to read. So I will get to it eventually. Um, just, I don't know when, maybe it'll be the next horror book I pick up, but I'm definitely lying when I say that. <laughs> what about you, Sam? What's another one that you're, you've had on your TBR way too long? Um, The Thief of Always by Clive Barker. So I have a very love-hate relationship with Clive Barker, okay? Mm-hmm. I, he is one of the most well-known horror authors, I think. And like when you think about what he's done for the genre and not just in literature, but in film as well. Um, When we talk about film, like Hellraiser, that whole series, like I love that franchise. And that was Clive Barker. Um, What is the other one? Nightbreed, which is a cult classic. That was him as well. Um, Candyman is actually based off of a Clive Barker short story. That's where I re- I just Googled him because yes. I was like, I recognize his name. It's, yes. I've seen Candyman. It's from That's that. Why. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Rawhead Rex, like he's done so much. Um, and one of the things that I love about his writing too um, is if you're not familiar um, with Clive Barker, for anyone listening, Clive Barker's gay. And so a lot of his horror is like body horror and it's very like, based in in body horror and like queerness and and things mm-hmm. like that um but i love his writing for the most part and i've read some that i really liked and then i've read some that i really really hated really hated um and the thief of always is actually a middle grade book that he wrote mm-hmm. okay 
Yes. So it's um, it tells the haunting story of Harvey, a bright 10-year-old who's suffering from the winter doldrums, and of a creature who takes him to a place where every day is filled with fun and Christmas comes every night. Um, but I think that there's a, something that's a little bit more sinister um, that's happening there. Uh, I have wanted to read this for the longest, and I've read his other middle grade series, um, which is the Aberat series. Which is ongoing, to my knowledge. I think that it was originally supposed to be a trilogy, and a trilogy, a trilogy, and then he's turning it into a five book series. If we ever get book four, mm-hmm. um, but I loved the Aberat series so much. It's fun and it's whimsical, but there's an undercurrent of darkness in it. And as an adult reading that, like I really appreciate that. Um, so this is just one. It's been on my shelves forever and I've been staring at it and I everyone that I know that has read it that I trust their opinion has given it five stars what's the length of it it is only like the hardcover version is only like 225 pages okay so so it's really not bad and it's also you said children's right yeah it's middle grade yep Mm -hmm. so I mean it really could only take like a day or so but it's the fact that it's like sit you're down to sit yourself down to actually read it or exactly do the audio or or whatever absolutely what's another one for you so this one's kind of an oddball okay i know we talked about how i do enjoy romance but i just don't read it as often we talked about that in the last episode mm-hmm. um this one is called hothead it's by damon said i guess you could say it is a <laughs> Suede? Suede, yes. Yeah. It is a uh, gay firefighter romance book. I love that for you. I am kind of excited for it. I was reading the synopsis a little bit, and it said, where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> it sounds yes, terrible. Yes, bitch. Uh, since 9-11, Brooklyn firefighter Griff has wrestled with impossible feelings for his best friend and partner at Ladder 8181, Dante. Unfortunately, Dante is strictly a ladies' man, but the FDNY isn't exactly gay-friendly. For 10 years, Griff has hidden his heart in a half-life of public heroics and public English, private English. Griff's caution and Dante's cockiness make them an unbeatable team. To protect his buddy, there's nothing Griff wouldn't do, until a nearly bankrupt Dante proposes the worst possible solution. Hothead.com, a gay porn website where uniformed hunks get down and dirty, and Dante wants them to appear there together. Griff may have to guard his heart and live out his darkest fantasies on camera. Can he rescue the man he loves without wrecking their careers, their families, or their friendship? Okay. It sounds like pretty bad, I'm not going to lie, but it just sounds like a fun, (laughs) fun, easy read. And it's also in a mass market, which I do enjoy, so... um, it is the first of a series, so we will maybe I'll maybe I'll read it and love it, but I kind of doubt it. So we'll just we'll have to see how I feel. Maybe it'll be the next romance book I read. What's next up for you, Sam? So the next one that I have is The Vegetarian. It was originally published in 2007, but it wasn't translated into English until 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been on my radar since it was uh, I say 2018. But it was winner of the Man Booker Prize in 2016. 
Yeah, the published date on my Goodreads says uh, 2007 and then 2016. Right. Okay. It must be this edition that I have. Anyway, it's set in Korea, um, Seoul, Korea, and the uh, synopsis is a beautiful, unsettling novel about rebellion and taboo, violence and eroticism, and the twisting metamorphosis of a soul. Before the nightmare begins, so our main character and her husband lived an ordinary and controlled life, but the dream's invasive images of blood and brutality torture her, driving her to purge her mind and renounce eating meat altogether. It's a small act of independence, but it interrupts her marriage and sets into motion an increasingly grotesque chain of events at home. As her husband, her brother-in-law, and sister each fight to reassert control, she obsessively defends the choice that has become sacred to her. Soon their attempts turn desperate, subjecting first her mind and then her body to ever more intrusive and perverse violations sending her spiraling into a dangerous, bizarre estrangement, not only from those closest to her, but also from herself. Celebrated by critics around the world, The Vegetarian is a darkly allegorical, Kafka-esque tale of power, obsession, and one-woman struggle to break free from the violence both without and within her. I've heard such great things, and I have always been interested, and I think I bought it at one time, but it's definitely like a smart people book. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I I think I like gave it to a friend or something because I was like, I cannot read this anytime soon. Uh, it's, that's another one of those books that like, I'm a little bit scared of it. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm honestly scared of it. And it seems to be a little polarizing. Like I see people who have given it four and five stars. And then I've seen a lot of other people that I trust that say that it's fucking weird. And they I see a lot of two and one star reviews. So again, it's very polarizing. I, I tend to have good luck with polarizing books, though, mm-hmm. honestly. So I'm kind of I'm hoping for something good here. Um, but yeah, this has been on my radar for quite some time. Um, and I definitely want to get to it sooner versus later. Also, I love weird stuff. So, I mean, I could like it. Yeah. Um, if you really like weird stuff and you're interested in translated works, uh, Fever mm-hmm. Dream by Samantha. I can't remember the name, but she is like Spanish from Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the weirdest fucking books I've ever read. I'll have to look into it. It's fuck. It you is know- short. You know, we're going to talk about this right now because I didn't talk about it in the updates episode. I watched Parasite for the first time. Oh my God, did you love it? Because I want to watch that so bad. Girl, watch it now. It's, it's so, good. so good. So good. Oh, yes. And then a few weeks ago, I watched Train to Busan, um, which is... We were texting oh. about that. Did you love it? Mm, it's so good. It's so good. Yes, will I, I ever love watch, that. Will I ever watch the sequel that I've heard is terrible? No. But I... <laughs> I am... Right. Anyway... We're going to get back to the books, but I just wanted to. Yep. I. Oh, just I mean, we're talking about Korean horror, so like, yeah. it, it is related because this book is Korean, and both Train to Busan and Parasite, I think, are both Korean, aren't they? I yes. know Train to Busan is. Yes, and there's this international. Um, I. It's called The Call. It's on Netflix. It's a movie about this woman who talks to like a different version of herself, and it's like a horror movie. Um, I've that been sounds wanting- fascinating. Yeah, I've been really obsessed with, like, oh, I'm just, I want to watch that one soon. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Anyway, we're going back to the books. Uh, yes. Next for me is Anger is a Gift. This is by Mark Oshiro. Uh, oh, I've heard such good things about that. 
same. This this is an arc. Okay. This is an arc if that tells you how long I've had it. Okay. Um, this came out in 2018. And the reason why I haven't read this is because it's so fucking long. Okay. So this is the let me just show you the the font size. Oof. I don't know if you can even tell how small that is, but yeah, I can. This is uh 500 pages as well of that. So I just haven't dove into it. It'll have to be a big project for me because I don't read a lot of long books and it's right. It's just it seems like it's gonna be a feat. But I did meet Mark um at SayYA in Tennessee a few years ago and um he was one of the nicest people I've ever met. So oh. um, I do want to read it eventually. I've heard it's really good. I heard it like um it, it talks a lot about like police brutality and I've heard it's done wonderfully. Um so I, I am excited to read it. I just have not gotten to it yet which is the mantra of all these books what's up next for you so we're gonna we're switching gears um so big fish by daniel wallace i won a giveaway of a copy of this book um when i was still blogging before i was ever even on youtube we all had our blog days i'm sure i have some books from there too but like (laughs) So this was originally published in 1998 and the um this particular edition was published in 2004 cuz it's actually the movie tie-in edition. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like everybody knows the plot synopsis of this book but I'm going to fucking read it anyway. In his prime, Edward Bloom was an extraordinary man. He could outrun anybody. He never missed a day of school. He saved lives and tamed giants. Animals loved him. People loved him. Women loved him. He knew more jokes than any man alive. At least that's what he told his son, William. But now Edward Bloom is dying, and William wants desperately to know the truth about his elusive father. This teller of tall tales before it's too late. So using the few facts he knows, William recreates Edward's life in a series of legends and myths through which he begins to understand his father's great feats and his great failings. The result is hilarious and wrenching, tender and outrageous. Big Fish is the story of this man's life told from father to son. Some fact, some fiction, but the result is a powerful and transformative act of storytelling and one less way or in one way to make amends with a bridge between life and death. So I've seen this film several times and Mm -hmm. it is a film that i can't make it through without like sobbing uncontrollably um i see i've seen the trailer and i've seen that when it it was coming out i've seen a lot of promotion for it i had no idea that that's that that's what it was about at all (laughs) it's really really good um and i i will say that i feel like not everybody would have as emotional of a reaction as I did. Um, mm-hmm. But when it came out, when the film came out, it was very shortly after my grandfather had passed away. Right. And um, Edward Bloom was so much like my grandfather in like the way that he told stories um, that like, I really connected with that piece of it. And it was just like super, super emotional. And I actually tried reading this book very recently and I got 20 pages in and already was crying because the other thing is, is that it's different now reading or attempting to read this book as an adult um, and being the age that I'm at and 
where I am in my life because it really makes you come face to face with the mortality of your parents. And that's like, that's fucking rough, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking rough, okay? Um, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's see, okay. like, I can't even, I can't even talk about this book without like getting emotional. And it's like, I know that I'm going to fucking love it when I read it, but I cannot, like, every time I'm like, I'm going to read it. It's like now is not the time. I can. Have you tried the audiobook? Is there an audiobook for it? Yes, that was. I got twenty minutes into the audiobook, Dylan, and I was like, oh. I can't do this. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna lose my fucking shit. Like, it's just. But the I love the movie so much. I love the movie, and because I love the movie, I want to read the book. Like, right? Because there are there with things like that. There are always things that I find that come across in film or that are in writing that you can't come across in film. Like you can't, there's certain things that you just can't translate. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's going to be the case with this book that I'm like the feeling that I'm going to get in reading the book is going to be a different feeling because it's a feeling that you can't translate into, into a film. Not that the like the film is so good. I highly recommend anyone watching it. It is so good. It's so fun. Um, the casting, everyone was excellent. Like, I think it's Jessica Lang in that. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love Jessica Lang, and like, um, what's his name? Ian McEwen. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays uh, the young version of Edward Bloom, and he is just he's so good. Everyone in that movie is good. And so I, I want to read this book desperately. But <laughs> I'm just like, every time I try, I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. It'll have to be like a book you read, like when you know you have a few days off of work to where like, yes. you just hide in the house for a few days. And it's super short. It's super short. That's the other thing. Like, I'm pretty sure the audiobook is no more than five hours. Right. So it's like, it's, it's doable, but like, emotionally it's it's emotionally am i ready to absolutely be destroyed no no i am not it's kind of (laughs) the same way whenever i read it makes me think of when i read a monster calls like i knew Mm -hmm. going into that that it was going to destroy me but and it did like i literally was in my kitchen like making eggs and i'm listening to the audiobook and i'm just like sobbing over these eggs it was an awful experience but um, I I knew that it was going to destroy me because it was sad. But mm-hmm. it was also something that I, at that time, I couldn't, it was something that I couldn't relate to, right. you know. So that um, hit as hard. Exactly. And I, again, because I have a personal connection to, to the story and, you know, yeah. Anyways, tell me about your book because I'm done being emotional. Thanks. Oh, so the next one is actually kind of a throwback for this podcast. Um, Ooh. I think probably my favorite um, my favorite section of any of our, our episodes is this book. Um, it is The Girl Who Fell Off the School, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That I absolutely that is one of my favorite moments in our podcast to date is is it, that episode. Oh yeah. my god. I'm fucking it dead. Is, 
it's the uh, the night Olivia fell by Christina McDonald. Um, I simply just haven't picked it up, and it's honestly kind of a short thriller too. And thrillers are already fast paced. Um, I just you know I just haven't gotten to it. But it's basically about this woman uh, whose daughter is involved in an accident. Um, she jumps off, what is it, like a bridge, I think. I think that's what we figured out. Uh, and she... The first time he told the story, if you have not yet had a chance to listen to this episode, which I highly encourage you to do so, because I laughed so hard I cried. Um, <laughs> Dylan said, oh, she jumped off or she was pushed off a school building or something like that. Like it, it was, there is, okay. That particular clip is on our Instagram. Yeah. Go check it it out. is a preview for our episode. So I highly recommend going to our Instagram and listening to that because after you listen to it, you will want to listen to that whole episode. Anyways, continue. Uh, not really much else to say. Um, I've just had it for a long time. I think I got it for really cheap at Walmart or something, which is where I tend to impulse book, buy books that I like, I just absolutely do not need. Um, (laughs) uh, so I would like to read it sometime. Maybe we'll buddy read it sometime in the future since it's a pinnacle. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just (laughs) make it a school instead of the, the, (laughs) the bridge the entire time, which is We'll co-write a book about a girl who fell off a school building. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, though, because on the cover, there's a bridge, there's a bridge, there's a bridge. And I just never connected those dots, man. No, you (laughs) didn't. You really didn't. Uh, All right, Sam. This is the last one, right? Yeah. What are are we what are we rounding out your list with? We are rounding out my list with a book that I have been told a million times that I need to read. Um, And it is Ghost Story by Peter Straub. Okay. And I have read one Peter Straub book, and I don't even remember the name of it, if I'm being totally honest, because I hated it. I hate read the fuck out of that book. So is that a reason why you haven't picked this one up sooner? Um, sort of. Like, I, the reason that I read the other book that I It was a Stephen King, right? No, well, he has co-wrote books with Stephen King. Yes, he okay. wrote the Talisman duology um, with Stephen King, and the Talisman in and of itself is like super fucking racist. Um, mm-hmm. It's black or er, black. It's Dark Tower related. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost said Black Tower, but it's Dark Tower related. Um, and Black House is the sequel. Which is mm-hmm. the other reason that I've tried to say the word black, but that one is much better is it was written many, many years later. Um, but I will say that I cannot actually like speak for the racism because I haven't reread that book yet. Um, and I read that one probably back in 2007, I'm pretty sure. Anywho, Ghost Story, when in the horror community, when we talk about Peter Straub, Ghost Story Mm -hmm. is probably the book that comes up the most. And it has a very short synopsis. It's just four aging men in the terror-stricken town of Milburn, New York, an act unadvertedly, inadvertently, carried out in their youth has come back to haunt them. Now they are about to learn what happens to those who believe they can bury the past and get away with murder. So, and it says, in life, not every sin goes unpunished. Like... 
Um, it's paranormal. It's like a paranormal thriller, you know, supernatural, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, it has good reviews. It was originally published in 1979. And that's the other reason that I'm a little hesitant. Um, I, it's again, I hear that it's the book that, that is the best. Um, but I just, man, I don't know. I'm, are white people I'm just you that? wary. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> and then, because I read A Dark Matter, which was just not good. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I, like, I'm looking at it and I literally rated it two stars. And it has a 2.96 average rating. <gasps> and that was the first book I ever read by him, like his standalone book. And I'm like, oh, fucking cool. So not like, a good start. I picked a fucking winner, right? Yeah. Like, great. But that's all, that's, that's, yeah, that's what I have. Those are the five books. What's, what's, wait, was Olivia your last book? No. Or do you have one more? Okay, sorry. Last for me is a sequel because I am notoriously bad at reading any kind of series. Um, Same. This is A Heart So Fierce and Broken. This is by Bridget Kimmerer, who wrote Mm -hmm. A Curse So Dark and Lonely, which is a pretty popular, like, YA Beauty and the Beast fantasy retelling. You've talked about uh, that book a couple of times. You really liked it. I, I really did. Um, I haven't read it, though, since it, it was an arc. And I think I read it, like... I think I read... I think I read it, like, a year before the actual book came out. So it's been a while because uh, I think it came out in 2018. So I haven't read it since 2017. So I'd be interested to reread that. And I would have to to read this one because I just don't remember anything because I have waited until the entire trilogy is out for some reason. Um, right. So I own all three of them. I just haven't reread the first one to remember anything that happens. So that's pretty much the reason why it's been on my end of the year TBR for the past two years. Uh, so we will uh, see if I can get to it before this year is over. I doubt it. but I we'll believe see. in you. I don't, but I'm glad someone does. (laughs) (laughs) You have to believe in yourself, Dylan. You have to. Well, uh, anyway, that was a pretty quick episode, as these episodes will be. Um, It's a nice little break from our rambling for y'all, because I'm sure we probably do it too much, but I don't care. (laughs) I don't either. I think that if... It's our podcast. We'll do what we want to. Exactly. Exactly. At least we make you laugh. Okay. Because we're fucking hilarious. Yeah. And you guys should be appreciated for it. Not that you guys aren't. (laughs) But I'm not seeing a lot of five star ratings. So. (laughs) (laughs) We have five ratings on Apple Podcasts, by the way. And I know we have a lot more listeners on Apple Podcasts. So. And I don't say that. Like. I would like for you to be honest. Like, I appreciate honesty. But also, like, the more ratings you give us, the better our visibility, which means that more people will discover us and, like, our ring of friends will grow. We will accept four stars, but we might we might still look down on you. But I draw the line at three stars. Anything yeah, less than th- three star, fight but me. But also, you better be given us a good reason why we're at a exactly. three. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Is it because my laugh is obnoxious? I mean, that's a valid reason. Is it because I stutter? Okay. Is that why? <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. <laughs> well, now we're going to anyway. like go, we're going to log in and just have like a bunch of like shitty ass reviews. I'm just kidding. Don't do that to us, please. <laughs> please don't. I'll cry. <laughs> I'm not well, as tough as I seem. <laughs> well, that was it for our. Uh, Books, our top five books that's been our TBR the longest. We'll see how long it takes us to read all these. Um, I'm sure for 
However long this podcast goes, we'll probably still not have them all read. Uh, uh, which, yeah, you know. you're probably right about that. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. We'll get there eventually. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can find me online. We'll do Instagram this time on Instagram at Dylan is reading. I really should make my names the same so it's easier, but here we are. And you can find me online on both Twitter and Instagram at Leanne's Lit. You can also find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at SWB Pod. And all of the stuff that we talk about today, all of it's going to be in the show notes. Show notes can be found on our website, which is sorry, we're booked pod at pod dot podbean.com and all books will also be linked to bookshop.org and they will all be affiliate links so you can support us your favorite podcasters and uh, your local bookstore as well so next week's topic or next episode's topic is a surprise because we haven't planned it yet (laughs) (laughs) which we're proud to say (laughs) yeah we are flying by the seat of our pants so you will just have to tune in during our next episode to see what fun topic we come up with next. Is it going to be a book tag? Are we going to talk about our favorite tropes? Are we going to talk about, we already talked about tropes. We've talked about yeah, a lot so of we won't things. We'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to like talk about something themed? Are we going to do a genre discussion? Y'all are going to have to tune in to find out. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you subscribe, whatever platform you're listening to us on. And uh, we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.